Take your Bibles uh, this morning, uh, turn to the book of Job. Uh, most of us know the story uh, of Job, and so uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, digesting uh, all the ins and outs. Uh, we're not even going to get to the uh, ultimate uh, conclusion uh, of, of what takes place uh, with Job in the end, but uh, I, I want to dig in uh, to this story this morning uh, and just kind of get out of this story. Uh, how to look up when you're down. How to look up when you're down. You know, I, um, I thought about something this week as, uh, as, a, as a pastor. You know, a lot of pastors uh, spend a whole lot of time uh, proclamating, you know, uh, you know, proclamation. We spend a whole lot of time speaking. But a lot of times that's all we do is it's a, it's, it's a proclamation. And we have some very articulate uh, preachers in our time today. I mean, uh, preachers that can really uh, articulate well, uh, preach well. Uh, you know, they kind of uh, dot every I, they cross every T, they, they, they kind of make it sound really good. But really, it's, it's really just simply about the proclamation, though, because truth be made known that uh, all they know, they know it in here, but they don't know it in here. In other words, they know it in the mind, but they don't know it in the heart. In other words, they can preach with their mouths, but they don't walk with their feet. They don't really know nothing about what it is they're saying. Now, they, they can make it sound good, but they have not really never been in that situation. Because some of the situations that are in here this morning, unless you've been in the situation, unless you've been down enough, then perhaps you really don't know how to look up. Sometimes you've got to walk through something to be able to figure out how it is that you're going to trust God for the next step along the way. And there's a lot of people that are real good at, at moving around the scriptures and telling the stories and, 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 and proclamating from the pulpit and speaking about God's word, but they, they've really never been there in that situation, so they really don't even have a clue as to what they're talking about. And then at the end of the message, they, they want to ask you for a bunch of money or ask you that they're going to give you some sort of blessing that, once again, uh, has nothing to do with the spirituality and nothing to do with God uh, in and of himself most of the time. And then there are scriptures, like the word love. When we look at the word love in scripture, you know, that's, that's, uh, we look at John three sixteen, and and we really don't understand the depth, the length, the width, the magnitude of God's love. We, we, we just never will uh, understand uh, love throughout all of Scripture. It, 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 it's very hard to understand. We know that there are different types of love. We know that the word grace, we know that it simply means unmerited favor of God. And I think sometimes when we look at Scriptures on grace, I, I know that we know that it's unmerited favor of God, but we really never truly wrap our heads around uh, grace. But then there are other Scriptures there are scriptures that sometimes, you know, I've been preaching for uh, almost 30 years now, and there, there, there are scriptures now that are just really beginning to pop at me. Just really, I'm just now beginning to understand them. I, I've, I've read them for years, but I, I, I'm just now really getting to the depth of it. It's, it's not the story. I'm, 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 I'm not in uh, just, just an innocent bystander. I'm not indirectly uh, in tune with what it's saying, but I, I'm, I'm directly associated to it. And sometimes when you get those scriptures, God God gives you kind of the right to be able to speak to those things. God kind of gives you the, the unction 
to function uh, in that scripture. God kind of gives you the authority to be able to, to preach that word because you're preaching that word not because it's something you studied, not, not because it's something that, 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 that you just want to tell the people, but it's something that, that maybe just a small piece of it, you've been able to walk through it yourself. And this morning out of Job chapter 1, we, we, we see the remedy and the recipe. We, we see a process and a promise. We, we see information. We see instruction. Uh, we see purpose and we see the plan. We see this morning the, the maneuvers and the manual. We, we see the, the dictation as well as the decisive steps. That it took for a man by the name of Job to get to a place to where he could go through all that he went through. I don't know if we got any people in here this morning that's kind of like Popeye, that, that sometimes you've taken all you can stands and you can't stands no more. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I praise God for people that are on top of the world, but I'm going to tell you what, I know more people today that the world is on top of them than them on top of the world. And so it's very important that you learn in life how to look up. When you're down, how, how, how to look up when you're down, because, because whether or not this is true of you this morning or not, there's going to come a time and there's going to come a place that you are going to need this word. There's going to come a time and a place that what you go through may give you some ownership. Now, now none of us will never be able to truly identify with all the things Job went through, and none of us will truly ever truly understand uh, the entirety of this story. But there is something that we can get out of one verse that we can learn how to look up when we're down. So out of Job 1, verse 20, we're going to stand uh, in honor of God's word this morning. This is the inspired word of God. Word of God. In this word, there's a power, power to change lives. We got a big crowd. We got a good sounding crowd. Y'all sound good today. We're ready to go. Job 1, verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. I'm going to read that Polk County and I'm going to read it a little slower because I want to make sure you get it, okay? Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, and worshipped. Everybody say, and worshipped. Everybody say, and worshipped. Everybody say, and worshipped. Let's pray. Father God, today we are thankful for your word. And Father, we've not come this morning to hear a word about you, but Lord, we've come to hear a word from you. Lord, I pray that I would decrease so that you can increase. I pray today if there's somebody here that's lost in need of you, that this could be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that this word will just not fall on voided ears, but Lord, today your word will not only touch our minds, but Lord, it will touch our hearts. And that, Lord, when we go to the car, when we go home, when we go out to eat for lunch today, 
We can say, Lord, that we were in the house in your presence and we learned a lesson on how to be able to look up when we've been let down in life. Lord, just be with the reading of your word, and it's in your powerful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, life has different seasons. It has different stages of life. You know, I remember um, years ago, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but, but I remember that season where you get to be five or six years old, and that season's going to be the first day of school. And I don't know that during that first day of school time that you look forward to that day. Maybe you're fearful that day. Maybe you want to come home with mom that day. You know, I, I, I don't know how that day works, but, but as we continue to go through seasons and stages of life, I remember the, the, the day we kind of make that transition from middle school to high school. You, you look forward to getting into high school. You, you're now separating yourself from being a little kid, and now you're going to be a young adult, a, a young man or a young woman. I remember you're getting ready to finish high school, and, and you're starting to look around, and you're starting to say, who is it that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? And, you, and you're starting to look at the opposite sex. You remember that? You remember way, way back, you didn't like the opposite sex. They kind of had cooties, and, 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 and you wanted to stay away from them. But somehow, during those last 12 years, from those times uh, that you were a kindergarten going off to that first day of school, and all the opposite sex had cooties, and you wanted to stay away from them, and all those things, all of a sudden, when you get on in life, all of a sudden, you begin to notice the opposite sex. And you want to find somebody to spend the rest of your life with. You want to find the dad. You want to find the mom that's going to be there. So you look forward to that. And then all of a sudden you look forward to that person that you're going to marry. You go through the dating stages and now you're going to marry that person. And, 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 and the woman always looks forward to the wedding day. Can I get amen? amen. They got to have the food right. They, 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 they got to have the horse and the buggy and the carriage. And they got to tell the preacher how they want to get married and how they want to exchange the rings and how, how they want to exchange the sand. And, and they want to do all those different things. But the man, he don't look forward to the wedding day. He looking forward to the wedding night. Y'all know what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden you get married and, and, and all of a sudden you begin to look forward to having a little baby. And you say, oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for that child. And there'd be another message after you get that child. All of a sudden things start happening, and, but I'm not going in that direction. But, but then eventually they kind of go through the seasons and they go through the stages. And all of a sudden you find yourself as a grandparent and, and now you've got grandkids. And, and all those things are great as you anticipate and as you move forward with things in life. But then there are things in life, if we would be honest here, if we would have a moment of reflection here, if we, if we would take off the mask here, all of us that are sitting here today, not, not, not the person beside you, but the person all around you, if we were to be able to tell the truth today, there are some things that during these stages and during these seasons didn't come to work out the way we thought they would work out. There are some places that we find ourselves that we never thought we would find ourselves. There are some things that we had to deal with in life that we never thought we would have to deal with in life. There are some defeats that we suffered in life that we never thought we would suffer in life. Maybe our health changed. 
Maybe we lost a friend along the way. Maybe we lost a family member along the way. Maybe we got sick along the way. Maybe we had to, had to deal with, with, a, with a whole host of things that we have to deal with in this life. And you know what? We need to understand today that no matter how godly we are, no matter how saved we are, I mean, you can be... Um, a son of God. You can be a child of God. You can be the chosen generation. You, you can be the royal priesthood. You, you could have sacrificed all you could have sacrificed, prayed all you could have prayed, fasted all you could have fasted, been as faithful as you could have possibly have been. But, but sometimes, sooner or later, you find yourself asking the question, why me? Why was it my son? Why was it my daughter? Why was it my family member? Why am I the one that got sick? Why, why am I the one dealing with it? The other person didn't even go to church, and they got it better than I got it. I mean, why, why did I have to be the one that had to be let down in this life? And so you ask God all those questions. Why my marriage? Why my finances? And you begin to wonder, how is it possible for us in this life to look up when we've been let down. And such is the case with Job this morning in our text. If you think you had it bad, you just got to look at the verses that precede the text that we just read this morning. Job has had one of those days. Job has had one of those days. After he had gone through all that he had gone through in only a few hours, he has had a crisis. He has had to handle some news that he never thought he would have to handle. He's had to be in a situation that he never thought he would be in. And he would be asking the question, how how do you look up when you've been let down? You know, it blows my mind. It intrigues me. It inspires me. It encourages me. It it, it challenges me that that we have a, a, a first chapter of Job here. Because it tells me that, that you can be down and that there is a way to look up. Because keep in mind the story. Job loses his health and, and Job loses his wealth. He loses the farm. He, he loses the house. And then all of a sudden he even gets into an argument with his wife. How many of y'all know that's bad? <laughs> Job is having a very difficult time. But when you begin to realize that you can look up when you've been let down, all of a sudden you can begin to see God in the midst of darkness. And it gets so bad and so much so in the heat of the argument, Job's wife says, you just need to cuss God and die. I mean, I've done taking all I can stands and I can't stands no more and the world is on top of me and I'm filled with anxiety and I got pressure and life's not going well and I'm about as down as I can be. Job, you just need to walk away from God, boy, and you need to cuss God. But instead, we get a Job 120 verse. We get a Job 120 verse. In spite of losing his health, it says that he worshiped the Lord. In spite of losing his wealth, it says he worshiped the Lord. In spite of losing his family, it says that he worshiped the Lord. In other words, he looked up even though he had been let down. Don't misunderstand me. He grieved. 
Don't misunderstand me. I, I believe that he had a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. It said that he tore his robe and he, and he shaved his head. But after he expressed that grief, he praised and he worshiped God. How do you handle disappointment? How do you look up when you've been let down? If the truth was told, many of us don't even praise God uh, like Job uh, on our good days, much less our bad days. Many of us sit here today and we've got good health and sometimes we refuse to praise God even with good health. Some of us have got some money in our pocket. Some of us change is not strange to us today and we are blessed people here this morning. And sometimes we don't even worship God when we're blessed. But, but here we find a man that has been let down by life. And we have a verse 120 that says he worshiped the Lord. So how, how do you look up when you've been let down? I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you three quick things this morning that I believe are illustrated in the life of this man. And keep in mind that this isn't just some far-reaching story. This isn't just something in the Old Testament that's put there. But this is a story that God gives us to let us know that these situations, when they come along, and it's not just a little story. It's not just about one thing that happened. It's a whole combination of a whole lot of things that happened to him. Yet he still arrives at a Job 120 moment. So the first thing is simply this, when you can't understand God's will, you got to trust God's word. And one verse later, in verse 21, this is what Job says, and most of us can quote this verse. It says, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I'm going to return to the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. He's still worshiping. When you can't understand his will, you've got to trust his word. Unlike you and me, Job didn't know about the dialogue that, that Satan and God had had. So Job has kind of been set up. He, he, he's been put into this scene. And Job had no idea that, that he was going to be put in this scene and in this story. But when he lost it all, instead of cussing, he worshipped. He didn't understand, but he worshipped. He had to trust God at his word. He had to test, but he had to trust God. He, he had to trial, but he had to trust God. He had to delay, but he had to trust God. He had a valley situation, but he had to trust God. He had uh, the world on top of him, but he had to trust God's word. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word is going to stand forever. You can't take everybody's word. You can't trust everybody's word. But there is one word that you can always trust on for the rest of your life, and that is the word of God. That's why the word of God is unchanging. That's why it endures, and it endures, and it endures, is because the word of God is something that we can always trust. Friend, no matter what takes place in life, we can always stand on God's word. We can always trust God's word. There's going to be plenty of places in life that we're not going to be able to trust the will of God. And whether it's the permissive will of God or it is the, the sovereign will of God or it's something that God has thrown upon us for a test, listen, you've got to be able to understand God's word and you've got to understand, I mean, you can't just know it in the mind. You've got to know it in the heart. You've got to know that God loves you and that God cares for you and you've got to stand and you've got to lean on God's word. 
So listen, when you can't understand God's will, you got to trust God's word. When you can't trace God's hand, you got to trust God's heart. When you can't figure out why he has allowed this thing to happen. We get this from the 13th chapter, verse 15. It's a testimony from Job, and it's kind of an interesting testimony. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We're not always going to understand why, because he is God. I I can't always figure out what he does. Uh, For example, I, I don't understand sometimes why this person gets cancer. I don't understand sometimes how how the person that is coming to church and serving God and giving their money to the Lord and being faithful, they all of a sudden die at a young age. I I don't understand it sometimes why the person that that is walking with the Lord and serving God is doing the best that they can. They're the person sometimes that struggles the most in life. I don't understand sometimes why it seems like the good guys finish last and the bad guys finish first. There are so many things in life that I will never understand. But listen, you've got to be able to trust God's hand in life. During those seasons and during those stages of life when things get tough, you've got to be able to just simply say that God, I know you're God and I'm not God and God, I am simply going to trust you and though the world may slay me, if it comes to that God, I know that you are alive and I know that you're well and I'm simply going to serve you. Listen, there are a lot of things that God allows that I don't understand. But that's why he's God. The Bible tells us that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. I can't always figure him out. But I can't always trust his heart. God is far bigger than his presence fills the universe. He's far bigger in his knowledgement. He's far powerful than we ever know. He's more wiser than the brightest minds all put together here upon this earth. He is beyond human understanding. His grace knows no limits. His holiness is infinite. His ways are past finding out. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He graded all things, and all things by him are simply graded. He was not elected as God, therefore he was already God. I mean, he's been God from the beginning to the end, the Alpha and the Omega, and he loves us and he cares for us in spite of all we do or all that's messed up. He is our God. When I don't understand God, I got to make sure that I can still trust God's heart. Listen, we live in a world today that there's a lot of people that can't be trusted. I don't know if we can trust the local leaders. I don't know if we can trust mayors or governments or city councils or or the Congress or the Senate or the president. But listen, there's one person that I can always trust and I can always trust God. And I want you to think about this for a moment. The closest relationship that Job had was the relationship that he had with his wife. And even during the darkest period of his life, When you think the couple would come together, this couple is in an argument. They have gone separate ways. So Job is not only putting up with the fact that he's got to trust God and his word, he's also got to trust God's hand during this very difficult hour all by himself. And what he basically comes to is he simply says that, hey, though he slay me, I'm still going to trust him. So listen here. When you can't Understand God's will, you got to trust his word. When you can't trace his hand, you got to trust his heart. And then when you can't depend on your friends, you got to trust God by faith. And I'm going to spend some time right here. I'm, I'm going I'm to anchor down here just for a moment. 
I might just kind of just, just go off on this point because I want you to hear this. Verse 25, he says this. So he's gone from the place of naked I came into the world. Naked I'm going to depart the world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So he's, he's already made up his mind early. And then he, as he moves through, he's got his wife on his back. But he's already beginning to take a stand for God by simply saying that though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. And now things are kind of going from bad to worse because he's got friends. He's got friends that are wondering why he's gone through what he's gone through. In verse 19 and 25, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at the last. Listen, there are some things that I don't understand about life, but this one thing I do know, this one thing I do know, this one thing that I can explain to you this morning, and that's that the Redeemer lives. He lives today. The Bible says that Job had these three friends that accused him of everything from adultery to alcoholism. Job was their mentor. He was their role model. They didn't want to be like Mike. They wanted to be like Job. I mean, Job was, was the man. Job had everything. He had walked with the Lord. He, he had served the Lord. He had had all the relationship with the Lord. But all of a sudden, in just one day, he simply lost it all. And his friends want to know, Job, what did you do? Why is God punishing you? I want you to hear this this morning. I'll put a coin here and park here as hard as I can. I got to put an emergency brake on extra hard so you can hear this. But I want you to hear this today. Sometimes in life, you're going to have to be able to stand all by yourself. Now, I know you may want the preacher. I know you may want the wife. And I may know you may want the friends. But sometimes you're going to have to stand all by yourself plus nothing, minus nothing, and you're going to have to be able to say when you're at the bottom of the well and life has let you down and you're going to have to be able to look out, you are going to have to be able to simply say that, friends, I know my Redeemer lives. I know this ain't the best God has for me. I got something in the future. I'm going to walk on streets of gold. One of these days, I'm going to be happy, healthy, and whole, and there ain't going to be no handicapped spots. One of these days, I'm going to be the this world is not for me. I'm journeying. I'm passing through. And one of these days, I'm going to go home to be with Jesus. And I know today my Redeemer lives. And at the end of the story, it's not going to be told by Paul Harvey, but it's going to be told by Jesus Christ himself. One of these days, he's going to rapture the church in the air, and he's coming again for us. And you got to see that all for yourself. Listen, the main thing I want you to get of that is sometimes you're going to have to see God when nobody else can see God. Sometimes you're going to have to hear from God when nobody else can hear from God. When everybody else is turning their back on God and friends are forsaking him and everybody's coming against you and trying to tell you what to do or trying to tell you there must be sin in your life and you messed up and whatever, whatever, whatever. You're going to have to be able to see God. And you know what? I believe the reason why we have a Job 120 is because throughout it all, Job kept his focus. He kept his eyes on the Lord. When he rent his mantle, when he shaved his head, when he, when he tore off his robe and he hit the ground and he worshiped the Lord, 
Friends, the only way to be able to look up when you've been let down is you got to have that sort of focus on God. I've said it hundreds of times here, but listen, if you live on people's compliments, you will die on people's criticisms. When I was young, I, I, I used to live on people's compliments. I, I used to love compliments. Now I get a little afraid of compliments because I'm, I'm a little afraid that if you tell me to my face, you're complimenting me, you go out to the car, you're bad-mouthing me and stuff. So I don't even need that anymore. Because listen, I done got to a place in my life now that the biggest compliment is I know that my Redeemer lives. And I know that in the end that he is going to be standing. And I care far less about what people think and more about what the Lord thinks. And so listen, when you can't depend on friends, you've got to trust God by faith. You see, Job had to see God when his friends didn't. He had to depend on God when his friends didn't depend on God, when his wife didn't depend on God. He had to depend on God without his friends, without his family. And when the rubber hit the road, he had to walk by faith. Let me remind you today that you are saved by faith, kept by faith, you serve by faith, you give by faith, we pray by faith, and we worship by faith. And sometimes, sometimes the way to look up when you've been let down is sometimes nobody else around you is going to be able to see it. But you're going to have to see God for yourself. And so see, when you trust God for his word, and you trust God for his will, and then you trust God by faith, it's not sight-walking faith. A lot of people sight-walking Christians. You know, they're in church today, gone tomorrow. They're here today, gone tomorrow, blown here, blown there, tossed to and fro all the time, everywhere, because they're always looking for something. It's always a sight thing. But when you really begin to understand what it means to see God and live for God by faith, you'll be able to worship when nobody else can. Amen. Everybody else will be wondering, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? Why, 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 why are they worshiping God? They're going through all they're going through, and they're still showing up. They're coming to church. They're hobbling. They're limping. They're walking on walkers and, and, and wheelchairs, whatever. I'm going to show up every time I get a chance to show up because I know my Redeemer lives. And in the end, I'm going to come with it. I don't even feel like coming. You know what I'm saying? Because here's what I've noticed. I'm going to give you this for free. Sometimes when you don't feel like coming and that Sunday you limp into church and you barely making it and you get there, let me tell you what, sometimes God will honor that in such a way that you will be more blessed when you leave Amen. than when you come in because of effort. God always honors effort. He always does. I've seen it all throughout ministry that God always honors effort. We know in the end how it turns out, and I didn't come to preach about the end, and I don't got no special title for the end, but all, all, all I want to tell you today is this, that you got to get to a place in life, because I, I, I guarantee this, I, I hate to be a prophet, a naysayer, uh, a prophet of doom today, but listen, there's going to be a place in your life that one of these days you're going to need to be able to look up. And when you need to look up, the first thing you need to do is go down. Amen. And when you go down, you go down in worship. And you stay there and you worship 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 and you worship. And all of a sudden you'll begin to get strength. You'll begin to get power. 
all of a sudden you'll begin to freak the devil out because you know what the devil wants to do? I ain't got time to preach a second sermon, but you know what the devil wanted them to do? Listen, he wanted them to cuss God and die. That's what the wife gave him. That was the advice she had. That probably was the advice of the friends. Just walk out, quit God, give up. Man, look what's happened to you. I've seen this happen in a lot of people in church's life. I, I go to them and they, they get sick. And I mean, let me just tell you what, I, I know it's difficult. I haven't been there yet, but listen, I'm going there one of these days. Listen, sometimes these things happen in life. But listen, I've done been around long enough to know that when life lets you down, you better learn how to worship the Lord and you better learn how to look up. And you do that by trusting this precious word of God that is inspired, it's inspirational, and it will give you encourage, and it will give you strength. And you may not understand God's will, but you can always trust his word. You may not be able to see God's hand, but listen, you can always trust God's heart because God loves you. And let me just tell you what, friends, you may not be able to trust your wife or your husband or your friends, but you can always trust God. And friends, you better make up your mind that we're just passing through. And in the end, in the end, our Redeemer truly does live. And that's the recipe. That's the plan. That's how you look up when you've been let down. Let's stand in honor of God's word.